Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So that's what Victory Monday is going to feel like, huh? The Bucks win 30-27 to over the Arizona Cardinals. And it was Jamal Dean. Remember last week he gave up the three touchdown passes to Russell Wilson? Well, he got in the game late, had a big interception at the eight-yard line. The Bucks drove 92 yards for the touchdown. Peyton Barber with a one-yard run. Big play by Jameis Winston, of course, uh, in that drive as well. And uh, they managed to snap a four-game losing streak and win their first game at Raymond James Stadium, a place they haven't been for 49 days. First win there since December 2nd of last year when they beat the Carolina Panthers. We have lots to talk about the Bucks game and my buddy cop Eduardo Encina in just a moment. And also, what a weekend in college football. Congratulations to Odell Higgins. Takes over as the interim coach at Florida State. They go up to Boston College and get a big win there. Of course, Florida just rolls over Vanderbilt. Uh, but the big game na- nationally, of course, was LSU's win over Alabama. Joe Burrow, remember that name, because he may be QB1 in the NFL draft after the performance he put on Alabama and, of course, outplayed to a Tagovailoa, although you got to give that kid a ton of credit simply because, man, he was playing on a surgically repaired um, ankle, and uh, you could tell he was hurting and hurting bad, got behind early. A lot of mistakes by Alabama in this one. Uh, Alabama rallies, but it was Joe Burrow there at the end that gets the win for LSU, which is undefeated now, and uh, certainly in a great position to be part of the college football playoff and play at least for an SEC championship as well. Um, so we've got lots to talk about. The Lightning with their uh, two wins over Buffalo and Sweden, that was big for them. They needed those points. They get four of them against the Bills, or against the Bills, against the Buffalo Sabres. I'm all NFL right now in their own division. So uh, a nice, successful trip for the Lightning overseas and for Victor Hedman, who also had a goal uh, in that final game as well on Saturday. So lots to talk about on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times along with producer Steve Versnick. All right, Rick Stroud with Eduardo Encina here at uh, Raymond James Stadium, a place that we didn't know still existed for football because it had been 49 days since the Bucks last played here. And my, oh my, they sent the home fans home happy. Crazy game, 30-27, Bucks win. And really, this if you're the Cardinals – it looked like every game the Bucks had lost before, right? I mean, the yeah. Cardinals took this control of the game late. They had a four-point lead. They were driving to at least kick a field goal to make it, you know, a touchdown lead um, late in the game with about uh, three minutes to go. And, um, you know, a touchdown would have put it away probably. And instead, the man of the hour who we talked about all last week, Jamel Dean, the rookie from Auburn that was beaten for three touchdown passes by Russell Wilson a week ago, Came into the game because a couple of guys um, were pulled, frankly, and makes the interception that allows the Bucks to then go on a 92-yard drive for a touchdown. 
And, of course, uh, Peyton Barber scores from one yard out. The defense holds, and the Bucks walk out of here with their first uh, home victory since last December when they beat Carolina, and they snap a four-game losing streak. Ed, I, I thought that for all the world this game was going to be another one that they were going to lose, but like I said, um, the defense did just enough to, uh, to hang in there. Yeah, so what have we been talking about the past four weeks, Rick? We've been talking a lot about how, you know, these are the kind of games that, you know, bad teams lose. Mm. And, you know, the Cardinals are probably just a little bit worse today. You know, I mean, the Cardinals are you know, they are actually a kind of a fun team to watch. Oh, you know, yeah. Kyler Murray's really exciting. He's, he's going to be incredible. He can pinpoint passes, doesn't make many mistakes, which is what made the Dean interception so, you know, big. It's like, yeah. you know, we, we knew going into this thing, Kyler Murray had not thrown an interception uh, since like his fourth game of the season, and uh, he, he's just not a guy who, who throws who throws the ball to the other team. And so to see Jamil Dean sweep sweep in almost and kind of take take that ball back, and especially considering it was coming off, uh, you know, a, a big momentum change with Ronald Jones fumbles the ball away. Yeah. Um, you know that 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 one kind of was just it was just kind of the turn that the Bucks needed. And obviously, they still need to close. What's what's Bruce Arians been talking about? What's some of these guys been talking about over the past four weeks during this losing streak? The final five minutes that these guys couldn't close games that they felt they were really close in doing that, but just a couple plays weren't going their way. Uh, you know, today they came out like you said they came away with that 92 yard drive, big big catch by Chris Godwin in the middle oh, of it, yeah. and he's just been Mister Dependable for them all year long. And uh, and like you said, you know uh, the uh, the defense held at the end, and um, you know this is what we're talking about right now. So uh, you know it doesn't win. There's no doubt they needed this win. We both know that. You know uh, mm-hmm. you can't sink any 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 deeper into this abyss that that's become that was a two and six record going in, and just to kind of you know. You, what does what Bruce Arians talk about? He talks about, okay, it takes one, and then, then you can start to stack them up. Now, we're not predicting this team for the playoffs anytime soon, but at the same time, if you're going to salvage anything to the season, you know, you need to start stacking those wins now. And obviously, you know, it's going to get a little harder next week with the Saints coming to town. They're probably going to be a little angry because they lost this week to the Falcons. Mm. And um, But, you know, you got to start somewhere. And, and, you know, especially considering the alternative, which would have been, as we kind of thought we were going towards, another kind of tough, heartbreaking loss and and another kind of despondent locker room afterwards. Yeah, all good points. I I think that, uh, you know, the way the game started, it started off sort of ominous for Jameis Winston. I mean, he throws an interception right off the bat. And... You know, that uh, fortunately the defense holds. That leads to a field goal, which uh, I thought was certainly a win for the defense. But you're right. Kyler Murray is impressive, man. This guy does not throw many bad balls. He, he obviously has done a good job protecting the football. He said of that pass that was intercepted by Jamal Dean, when I threw it, I thought there's no way in hell that this guy's going to intercept this ball. But uh, Dean uh, was able to read the route early, uh, and, and, and come away with the interception, which is so big for him. I mean, we sat there and, and talked to him last week. You know, he was pressed into service against Russell Wilson because Carlton Davis had a hip injury in pregame warm-ups. Davis didn't play today, but they were not going to start or maybe even play Jamel Dean after last week. In fact, um, you know, that, that really was not the plan. Instead, they had MJ Stewart, um, who was up and, uh, and active and ready to play. Um, Dean got in there in part because Vernon Hargraves got pulled 
when Bruce Arians decided he didn't hustle after a tackle, that got Ryan Smith in the game. Um, and then Ryan Smith gets beat for a 69-yard touchdown, and Hargraves had come back, but it allowed Dean to play, and he makes a big interception. So, um, you know, Jameis Winston said it. This was an ugly win. And it was ugly for Winston um, until that last drive. And, and you're right, man. The, the, the play he makes on first down, they're backed up. Even though they have the interception and there's three minutes to go, they've got to go 92 yards. And they do it in part because on first down, he hits Godwin uh, over the middle in a contested catch. And Godwin breaks a tackle and winds up uh, going 40, 49, 49 yards on first down. I mean, that, that covered half the field. Right. So. And that, that was a that play, was too, that, you know, it was just a seam route, you know, 12-yard mm-hmm. pass. But Godwin, the one thing that's so impressive about Chris Godwin is just his body awareness. Yeah. You know, he knows where he is. He knows where other guys are. And he literally just kind of bounced off a defender. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, that made another guy miss. And before you know it, there's one guy between him and the end zone. And that guy got him. But still, you need a play like that when you have a 92-yard drive, right? You need yeah. one of these big plays to kind of build on. And especially when, when you're running a, you know, like a two-minute offense kind of thing. So, uh, you know, they, uh, they they got that play from from Godwin, and it was certainly it was their biggest gain of the of the day offensively. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought it was one of the biggest biggest plays of the game, especially on offense. No question. And and there were some players that had good days on offense. Winston wound up throwing for 358 yards, but we mentioned he had two interceptions. Another ball he tried to squeeze in there to Godwin, got tipped up in the air and picked off. Um, but he but he had a good day. He was sacked four times. Uh, he did run for, uh, I guess, the most yards uh, that he has in a little while, but he had three carries for 40 yards, the best average of anybody. Ronald Jones started this game again at tailback, and even though he only carried 11 times for 29 yards, had his best day as a receiver. Eight catches for 77 yards, but it was on that last catch that he made where inexplicably he just loses control of the ball without anybody really hitting him. Yeah, I mean, we, we've, we've written so much about Ronald Jones over the course of the year, and a lot of it's had to do with just kind of, you know, the rebuilding of his confidence, you know, really putting last year in the past and, and moving forward. And there's no, there's no secret that this coaching staff loves him. Yeah. They love him. They, they love the, the potential that he has. They, they see him as a player they can really build around. Um, one of the big things that he did concentrate on in the offseason, in OTAs, during the summer, was becoming a better pass catcher. We hadn't seen that no. really up until today. And honestly, you know, as, as much as you know, the Arians' offense in Arizona really relied on getting the ball to the running backs. We really hadn't seen that until today. You know, yeah. I think they averaged something like four, maybe four catches to the running backs uh, through the first eight games. You know, Jones himself caught seven today. So yeah. you know, he became. I, I think this was more than just Ronald Jones catching a bunch of balls. It was you know, really them kind of learning to trust him a little bit more in different situations. Now, obviously, Aarons is going to be the first one to say, you know, here's where he needs to get better. Yeah. But that doesn't take away anything from, you know, how they feel about Ronald Jones. And Ronald Jones, it was interesting. I I wrote about him for uh, for tomorrow's paper. And, you know, talking to him in his locker, he was kind of this this mixture between despondent and and. and and grateful, you know, he was grateful that you know the team came back. They got the the ball back on the Dean interception. They drove down the field. That he didn't have to be the goat of the game, but also, um, you know, obviously despondent about the fact that it was him that, that, that committed this key turnover when he was having a really good game. So, you know, these are kind of the lessons that we talk about when we talk about young players and the young team. Mm-hmm. You know, how do they bounce back from that? So, I'll be really interested to see what kind of game Ronald Jones has next week against the Saints. 
And, um, you know, obviously, you know, even Jameis Winston, he talked about it at the podium. He's like, that. you know, you tell a guy when his head's down, listen, man, uh, we've got your back. You know, we know you're going to make – I think Jameis said something like, everyone makes mistakes. I've made my fair share too. And But but you always have to keep your head up and know that we're always going to have your back. And they actually went out and did that. They went and they had his back and won the game. Yeah, to your, to your point about the running backs, Ronald Jones caught eight – for um, 77 yards, but also Dari Ngubawale had three catches for 24. Uh, Barber had one for four yards. They did throw one to T.J. Logan um, that, that he did not catch. So they were targeting the running backs quite a bit uh, in this game. Another guy that reappeared to the offense, at least as far as a pass catcher goes, Eduardo, was O.J. Howard. Yeah, um, He was targeted seven times. So in my mind, they made a concerted effort, whether it was the defense or just – we're going to put O.J. in position where he can catch the football to try to target him, and they did that. He caught four for 47, including what was a big touchdown at the end of the half. I mean, you know, uh, really, this game could have gotten away from the Bucks after the Cardinals score, but they go the length of the field in about 55 seconds, and they hit um, Howard twice in a row, one for a 26-yarder, and then the back shoulder throw – uh, for a touchdown that was so big for him in a year where he's missed the last two games with a hamstring injury but more than that they need a third receiving weapon right. to take the pressure off of Evans and Godwin and, and as much as we look into the catches you know four four for what they four for 46 I think mm-hmm. something and the touchdown the big key there is the targets yes you know seven targets that's the most he's gotten all year by far I think his high going in yeah. was was four and it all starts with Jameis Winston being comfortable going his way. And I think, you know, there, there's no secret. As good as O.J. Howard is, as much as we, we think that he's a great player on the verge of stardom, he hasn't had a really good year. He's no. dropped some balls. He fumbled a ball in week one that really was, was a, big, uh, a big miscue. And, you know, now he's, he's kind of got to rebuild himself too. And, you know, for him, coming off an injury, being out for two weeks uh, after the bye – you know, it has to be a little bit relieving for him and for this offense to know that you're kind of getting him going. You know, you're kind of – and like I said, I think it's more about the targets than it really is even about the catches or even the touchdowns. It's great to get in the end zone, right? But, you know, the fact that he had seven targets and they went to him that often, uh, I think that says a lot. Yeah, you could tell he felt better about things. And um, he's going to have to be a big part of the second half if they're going to do anything, I think, on offense. You know, defensively, we talked about these young guys need to grow up. Uh, um, we wrote about it uh, in the Tampa Bay Times on Sunday about a lot of the rookies. What does the last eight games mean? Well, they mean in part um, that guys like the, the people we've talked about, Jamel Dean, obviously, Sean Murphy Bunting, Devin White starting with him because he's the Mike linebacker. But that group of young players that they're counting on on defense. And I, I was talking to uh, Jamel Dean. I thought it was interesting. Him and Sean Murphy Bunting were at the facility last week at 7 a.m. every day. And they went to Todd Bowles' office. And they got into, you know, really the playbook and into the film study and, and understanding leverage. And Dean said, I just basically needed him to teach me how to play football, um, but at this level. And, and those, you know, that was a full hour before they would meet as a defense and, and both Murphy Bunting and Dean said that those were very, you know, very valuable lessons. And again, he wasn't expected to, to start the game, but he wound up uh, in there making the best play. And the players' reaction to him after what they knew he had gone through throughout the week, you know, they had texted him. They had done a lot of things to try to pick him up. 
And in talking to Sean Murphy Bunting, it's interesting. He says, you know the guy we go to for confidence? And he goes, and I'll go just to stand around him if I have to, is Levante David. He says, Levante David, I just love having that dude on my team because he exudes confidence and he'll always say something to you to make you feel more confident about your ability. And so then you talk to Levante and he says, you know, that's just, that's who I am. I'm, I'm kind of calm. I don't really get up and down that much. But I tell these guys, look, you're here for a reason. You're one of the best players in the world. You deserve to be here. Um, you know, you're going to have ups and downs. You just have to learn how to deal with them. So I think some of those talks and some of those messages and lessons um, really, you know, came to the fore today. And it was interesting to see, um, you know, Dean come up with that play. And he had the game ball in his locker uh, in the cubby above it. And he was very proud. It had the Cardinals logo. You know, it's the Cardinals ball he stole. And uh, he says he's glad he had something to frame now, his first interception of his career. And boy, you know, just, you know, seven days after what he said was the worst game he ever played to do this in the NFL. And then, of course, you got to give the Bucks plenty of credit and Jameis Winston for driving down there um, and getting a touchdown. But this is what this is what it's going to have to be. It's going to be a growing process these last eight weeks for this defense um, because, you know, they, they need to grow up. And I didn't think the offense had a great day. I mean, Jameis Winston has lots of yards, but the turnovers were bad. Um, the guy that picked up Jameis Winston, though, was Levante David. You know, after he throws an interception, um, two plays later, David forces only the first fumble lost by the car. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Cardinals all year, and it was David Johnson, and they got it on the replay review. So that was a huge play in the game. Yeah, I mean, and... Like you said, the, the Cardinals had not fumbled a ball away all year incredible, long. incredible, isn't it? Which, which is incredible. Uh, a lot of things were incredible about this game. They only <laughs> had two interceptions, the Cardinals, all year long, and they intercepted Jameis Winston twice. Yeah, um, that's right. And, you know, when we talk about Levante David, it's interesting because, you know, he kind of he's kind of taken over that pregame huddle from Jameis. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we see Levante, and, and he's a just a quiet, chill kind of guy. You yeah. know, he's a different guy when you see him in that huddle. Oh though. yeah. And I know that from talking to a couple players. I think it was Peyton Barber. He said about how, you know, and Peyton Barber's a really interesting part of this game too. You know, yeah, he, he basically has lost his job to Ronald Jones. When Jones fumbles the ball, he comes out in the final drive, has a big 14-yard run, mm-hmm. and then you know scores the game-winning touchdown on a really big, you know, big clutch run there. But you know, he he talked about how in the huddle to before today's game that you know Levante was like you know you know I'm your brother's keeper kind of thing. You know mm-hmm. that from what is that? Uh, uh, what is that from? What movie, Rick? Uh, it's Wesley Snipes. It's oh yeah, uh, we'll look it up. Boy, it's not Boys in the Hood. I don't think it's Boys in the Hood. Our listeners will know. But, but it's one of those movies. And, uh, you know, that that sticks with a guy when, you know, he's sitting on the sideline a lot of the time and was waiting for his opportunity. You know, uh, you know, Ronald, Ronald Jones was partially despondent because maybe he thinks that he, he just he lost, the he game. lost his lost the game. And, and it maybe, looked for all the world right, like he might have. Right. And, um, you know, so 
you know, this is the one thing you need to see. This is a good thing that you're seeing is you're seeing guys pick each other up. That's right. right. And, and you don't necessarily see it quite as much during losses. Right. You do see it and you hear about it more after wins. Right. So, so this is this is important to see. You know, we we Rick and I, Rick, you and I know that this game, this team isn't going to the playoffs. Mm. But as it moves forward, like these are the things you need to see, and also these are things that you need to see from veterans, especially yeah. when a lot of them guys like Levante David. This team's going to have to make some some really critical decisions on in the future. You know, um, you know, as as much as you know, we 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 we've talked about you know the team parting ways with Gerald McCoy mm. last year. You know, we know that the impact that he had yeah. in in this clubhouse and still to this day. So. Yeah. Um, you know these these are important parts of the season. These are important, you know, things to 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 see to talk to players about. And um, this this was a big win for for a lot in a lot of ways. And I think a, a big part was that you know they. I've always said that you know, you know you you have to learn to win, right? Yep. You have to That's figure true. out ways to win. And yep. you know, when you're two and six, you've got to learn to win again. Yeah. You know, and, and and this team is going through that right now. And this is a game that they did find ways to win. You know, Jameis Winston called it ugly. He called it gritty. Yeah. But when you're on the way to becoming a good team, when you're on the way to becoming, uh, you know, whoever, the the New England Patriots or whoever like that, those teams had to go through grimy, yep. dirty, ugly wins to get there and figure out how to win those games. And this is one that, you know, maybe one day, maybe, yeah. they'll look back on it and say, you know what? It was big that we got that win and we got it that way. Well, and, and that's what they're hoping for the second half of the season. I mean, you know, and, and we'll see if the parallels hold up. But when Tony Dungy took over, they were 1-8. and eight. They wound up winning five of their last seven games, and they, they finished 6-10. and 10. And it did change the, the culture. And, and we've talked to Bruce Arians about that this week where, you know, winning is the culture, right? I mean, right. You, you can say, well, i got to change the culture. Well, the only way you do that is by learning how to win and by actually winning the games. Yeah. You know, close does not matter. They've had close here for years and years and years. And, and this is the NFL where, you know, look, today on Sunday, uh, the New Orleans Saints, who are sitting there at 7-1, and one, were hosting the Atlanta Falcons, who were dead in the water. I mean, they all but were ready to fire uh, their coach, um, Quinn, and, and, and they've made some changes on their defensive staff or put Raheem Morris in charge of defense backs, whatever. They go out and hold New Orleans to nine points, nine points in, uh, in New Orleans at, at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, and you would never have expected that. Now, of course, the Bucks, you know, get to feel that wrath next week when the, when the Saints come here, you know, definitely wanting to win to try to keep pace with some of the other teams in the NFC, NFC like San Francisco and others. Um, but you just don't know, and, and it, it is going to take this second half of winning, of, of finding ways to finish these games. And that's what it comes down to. I mean, Bruce has said it. It's the last five minutes. It's who makes the big plays, right? They had some huge plays go against them, and they had over, and they overcame some. I mean, we've seen twice this year teams go 75 and 90-something yard drives to beat them. Well, today they went 92 yards right. for the game-winning touchdown. And it goes it goes even as much as we talk about the players, it goes to the coaching staff too. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, like the, the the Bucks tried to challenge a play when they had no challenges left and lost a timeout. Look, you know, so yeah. so so you know, and, and Bruce will be the first one to tell you when when they mess up. You know what I mean? Sure. There's, there's a miscommunication. No, but I redemption that, was right. for a lot of people right. today. Right, it, it was yeah. for a lot of people because there were some mistakes on the field. There's been mistakes, and you know, uh, you know, so so it goes it goes even beyond the lines here. It goes within this coaching staff too. Like these guys are are still trying to figure it out too. So. 
Um, you know, what, what would have happened if they needed that timeout down at the end? They made oh, it not matter. Would have been huge. But, but it could have mattered. Absolutely. It always matters. And you can't make that mistake as a coaching staff. We've seen some of those before with double timeouts. Remember Carolina? They ended up calling timeout twice. And uh, they ended the, up the costly a, five got yard, a five-yard penalty. Five yard and it penalty made, it, it the... made it a fourth and fourth and two. And they stopped them on a, on a tackle at you know one yard short. Matt and, Matt Gay's missed field goal in game in the week three that came after a, a, the, a field goal a, a fall a delay of game delay penalty. of game yeah that basically he missed the that field goal by yep. a matter of a couple footballs yep um, that would have mattered so yeah I mean like there's so many things that go into the game that um you know like I said this is this was a, a game of redemption for a, for a lot of a lot of people and not just the ones wearing uh, wearing numbers on their backs. And you know who got picked up too and, and, and I thought he hung in there pretty well and of course you mentioned the pass he hit to Chris Godwin was Jameis Winston. Yeah. Jameis had just come off maybe his best game in, in I don't know how long in Seattle going really up and down the field with Russell Wilson. And today he was he was not good in the beginning, especially you could tell he was a little bit off. Things were you know, they were throwing the ball a lot to the running backs, which is not his thing necessarily. Um, you know, they were trying to avoid the rush, and, and, and look, he got sacked four times. But I thought that they picked up Jameis Winston. It, it, even though he made the big play to Godwin, and he got a pass interference in the end zone, which set up the one-yard run, he drove them 92 yards when he needed to. He's done that before, and he played really big when he needed to. Um, but he didn't have his best day, you know. And I thought his team, finally, the defense, getting the turnover, right, giving them another chance to go down and score, picked him up as well. Right. And we've seen so much of this year has been a referendum on Jameis Winston that you see what happens when other guys do their jobs and, and kind of rally around him for a change. Yeah, and, and, you know, I mean, even you can even take this back to, you know, we, we've, I think a couple of weeks ago we were uh, talking about why are they going on, on fourth and one running right through the gut in, mm-hmm. in Tennessee, you know, talking about, you know, Byron left, which is play calling and, yeah. you know, he always talks about doing what, how to react. The, 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 a lot of stuff they're doing is reacting to what the defense shows them. And, you know, early on, the defense was allowing them to have all these screen passes. You know, yeah. I, I don't think they scripted that. Ronald Jones said, I didn't expect to have that many passes thrown my way. But that's what they were giving them. And that moved the ball down the field. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think that actually helped Jameis Winston a lot. It gave yeah. him a little bit of cushion. Yeah. He, didn't feel, he, he didn't have to feel like he had to sit back there and just, Drive you know, go through, all these, go through all these progressions and try to find a way. You know, and you know, we've seen some growth. I really liked last week in Seattle where, you know, I think we saw a guy who was a little bit more patient, who was a little bit more willing to throw the ball away. To, willing to run. And willing to run the ball when he needed to. And, and, and today, even though he wasn't great, um, he did he, – he was able to make the plays when, when he needed to. And for him, I guarantee you this fact matters, Rick. Rick. And this is that he has not had a fourth-quarter game-winning drive since – uh, September 30th of last year. Wow. And so the fact that he now has one a year later, it Woo. took him that long, right? But uh, but th- that that matters. You know, that's that's how you make your mark as a quarterback in the NFL, Absolutely. right? It's winning games in the fourth quarter, putting drives together that put game-winning points on the board. And and he can say that he has that this year. I and mean, like I said, you want to have those every week. But, you know, there's no doubt in my mind that, that – when James Winston thinks back to this game, that's what he's going to think back to. It's like, I was able to lead my team down the field and win the game. Yeah, I, you know, his quarterback rating was only 74.8 with the two interceptions. I mentioned he was sacked four times, uh, 30 of 48 for 358 yards. But he gets the game-winning drive. He gets the win. 
And, you know, again, I, I just think that, um, you know, for a team now that has to turn around and, and play the Saints, what if they were able to stack a couple wins? What could it do for their confidence? And they're not going to be intimidated by the Saints. They play in the NFC South. It's a team they're very, very familiar with. The Saints, of course, are going to be, um, you know, itching to, uh, to, you know, redeem themselves after a loss to a one-win Atlanta Falcons team. But this is what can happen in the NFC South. Let these guys get on a roll. You have winnable games, and that's what winning does for you. All of a sudden, everything's possible, right? If you get one at home against the Saints, um, now you know it's possible that you've got games, you know, even on the road at Jacksonville, at Detroit that look winnable. You've got Atlanta on the road. You've got Atlanta here. Um, You know, those sort of things start to matter. Of course, you know, you also have the Texans coming in here, and now the Colts got beat uh, at home, you know, which was an upset there on Sunday. So, Everything is possible um, in terms of, of what they're playing for, um, but it is it is important that they that they start to show some progress and get a little wind in their sails because it's just been an uneven year. And yet, this game you know had its had its flaws, and that's the difference. They'll have plenty of mistakes to look at to correct, but it's so much easier to correct them when you win. And how long has it been since Raymond James Stadium has seen a Buccaneers win? How about last December second against the Carolina Panthers? I mean, damn near a year. We're back in the holiday season. Um, And so they finally get a win at home. It was the second longest streak, I think, in the NFL um, since the team has won here at Raymond James. It was was an okay crowd. It wasn't, uh, you know, it was was certainly mostly Buccaneer for a change, but 40,000. Only forty thousand. That's announced. Uh, I think that's a that's little, announced crowd. Yeah, that, I think I don't know. Well, under in the building, right? I don't think they're necessarily forty forty thousand distributed in the seats because uh, yeah. in most of that club level, the, that gray seating area was pretty mm-hmm. pretty empty. Um, you know, but you know, and and that's that that's expected. You know, I mean, like this team struggled. They've been away for a long time. They come they come home two and they, six. They left one and two. They come home two and six. Yeah. So. Um, you know, that's a big part of this, too, is you've got to, you know, we, we did this thing and it's still on TampaBay.com is this thing about why the next eight games matter. Right. And yeah. one of those things was, you know, you you've got to earn back, uh, you know, some of the fan base on this. You know, you, you've got to you know, there's some fans that are looking at this team at two and six and thinking, like, why? Sh- why should I care right now? You know, I'm going to go to uh, Amelie and watch the lightning. But, yeah. you know, it's uh it's it's going to uh, it's going to take some time and you know it'll be interesting to see you know Saints usually draw a pretty good pretty good crowd they, they do they'll bring base. some people especially and, when uh, they're good right so uh, it'll be interesting to see but uh, yeah definitely I don't think forty thousand in this building today but we'll see what the uh, what the real number was yeah another uh, on defense another sack of course by Shaq Barrett he now has eleven and a half to lead the team I thought Vita Vea did some nice yeah. things also went in oh he 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 played some offense. mode he played some mode today yeah man. He had uh, the brown man on the, on the goal line package. The Bucks don't run goal line too much, but mm-hmm. um, you know, part of that is the fact that you know Anthony Clare, their primary blocking tight end, he's True. out for the year of an injury. And you know, we've seen Josh Wells in the jumbo package. He's an offensive tackle who's been kind of that that blocking tight end role. And then mm-hmm. on this play at the goal line, you had OJ Howard, you had uh, Tanner Hudson in motion, you had Vea on the on the left, left side. side, and you know. That guy's coming at me at three forty-seven. Mm. If I'm a cornerback, I think he took out three guys on that play. Yeah, he did, and uh, it made it pretty easy for Peyton Barber to scamper out to the outside when uh, he was taking off three guys. And like you said, you have Howard blocking Hudson along with you know that left side of, of you know uh, Donovan Smith and and, and Ali Marpet too. So uh, that that was a good side to run to on that play, and it was interesting. You know, 
even you know, every, everyone said the right thing in the lo- in the clubhouse too today. Locker room mm-hmm. today is you know w- when we asked uh, Vita Vea about you know being on offense, he was like, man, it was like I was just out there for a couple plays. You know, those were the guys that drove down the field ninety two yards. Like yeah. I just got I just helped to get them one. You yeah. know, and then you know you had Dean was a guy that, that helped get the ball back. So. I think that you could call this one as much as you can a real team effort. You know, you got contributions from across. I think you saw a lot of growing up. Mm-hmm. I think you saw um, a lot of you know support and tough times from from teammates. And you know, this is one like again, you know, maybe this one might mean more down the road. Uh, they'll, they'll need, they'll definitely need to start as, as Arian says, stack them up for these to matter. But um, you know, like you said, the, the, we're not crowning anyone a NFC South champion anytime soon. But no. you know. The the the, uh, the Saints lost. The Panthers lost a tough one in Green Bay in the snow. The Falcons won. You know, we, we know that the, the NFC South's going to get muddled. You know, I yeah. mean, like I don't think anyone's really going to run away with it necessarily this year. The Saints might, but yeah. yeah, they're a really good team. But you know, you know, if you can if you can jump a team here and there, you know that that does a lot. It does, and right now, of course, you know their third win. Um, We'll see if they can get on a run. One thing to watch this week will be what happens to Vernon Hargraves. I still think there's a story here. Look, this is a guy that has the most experience in the secondary, you know, in five with with you know, going into his fifth year or next year. They picked up his fifth year option, guaranteed only against injury. It's nine million dollars. And he gets yanked from a game today for not hustling. And they did put him back in the game and he says, Oh, I've had problems before, you know, we'll work through this. I'll talk to the coaches. And they probably will. Because one thing I know about football coaches, they still want their best players on the field. Right. Um, but it's something to consider, you know, that that Bruce Arians or Todd Bowles in a, in a critical fourth quarter situation are willing to take out that guy, all right, and eventually go to not just Ryan Smith, but then eventually back to Jamel Dean, a rookie who got toasted last week, rather than, you know, rather than just put him back in there. So I think that um, – I think you're starting to see the coaching staff – like their guys better than maybe the guys that were already here. Now, Davis is hurt. Carlton Davis is hurt, so we don't know what his status will be going forward. Um, but this young group, th- I'll say this. This is a close group of rookies. These yeah. guys are tight. They, they're going through some fire right now. You know, Sean Murphy Bunning had his time, and he, he gave up a touchdown today, um, and, and, and they picked him up. Um, but he's come back from some pretty pretty bad games. So I think all in all, you know, if these guys can hang with it, um, and, and grow up, you know, Jason Pierre-Paul, I guess, said before the game, you know, hey, guys, you can forget about the season if we don't win this one. And then they went out and they won it. So, um, you know, that that was huge. So big win for the Bucs, a rare win, of course. Uh, it's been a long time since they've been at Raymond James, a long time since they won here. But now they got to take on the New Orleans Saints, so they'll enjoy this one. Oh, by the way, they gave all the veterans the day off. Guess what the rookies have to do? They have to come in and work. They still have to come in. They'll be bright, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Uh, film review at what seven in the morning? Yeah, so. well, that's a good. That's a good lesson for them, and it shows you kind of where the where the thoughts are with these young guys. They got to develop them, and they're not going to take any days off. So, for Eduardo Encina from a uh, victorious Raymond James Stadium. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.